Welcome to the Elijah Streams podcast. Our mission is to encourage you in your faith through a unique blend of patriotism and prophecy. And now here's your host, Steve Schultz. Well, happy Monday afternoon, December 12, 2022. This is the second show for the day. We have Loy uh, Brunson on and we are going to have Johnny Enlo, 107, and myself. This will be four-person count, but you're going to really enjoy this. Be sure and text your friends about uh, Loy Brunson being on concerning the Supreme Court case. So without further delay, no, no commercials or anything, let's jump into Prophets and Patriots. Here we go. Well, welcome, everybody. We're all here. There, Loy, Loy Brunson is here. Welcome to broadcast, everybody. Welcome, Mr. Loy Brunson. Nice to meet you. Thank you. Thanks for letting me be here. So I told told you off the air. I feel like I know you already because I've watched several broadcasts with you and about the Supreme Court. So I got some questions in mind, but we're going to bat it around. Uh, Juan, say hi with your foot there. I guess your your boot. <laughs> Wiggle the yeah. The water I'm here at the airport boot. waiting for a flight. <laughs> okay, we have one to the bottom of the hour, so we're going to burn through uh, the first part just to make sure we he gets his part in. Uh, Johnny, get, give your greetings to the people. Well, hello, everyone, and nice meeting you, Loy, and great seeing you again, Juan. Well, we've been, we've, thank you, Johnny. We've been hearing, Loy, all about this case. It's, it's all over the Patriot channels, as you know. Um, we're very excited about it. This sounds like something that has the possibility of turning everything over. So if I can just do this, Loy, just tell us the story. How did this come about? How did you even have the guts to begin this process? Um, just go for it. Right. Well, thanks again for having me, and uh, yeah. it's great to meet you guys. It's just such an encouraging thing. It's like you guys are on the front line, the battle right now. And uh, I just want to say that uh, I think it's it's commonly understood. There's one thing that I think everyone that gets into this understands, and that's important to understand, and that is the Supreme Court has the power to execute this case in a way where they remove from office a sitting president, vice president, and 385 members of Congress. They have that power to do it. Now, whether they do it or not, that's something else. But the fact that they have that power is just kind of overwhelming. So they can do this. And then people think about, well, what ha- you know, what happens if they do that? And it's like, well, it's really, it could be a positive thing because think of all the job openings that it's going to create. Right? <laughs> oh, there you go. Yeah. I mean, we need more job openings. <laughs> exactly. More jobs for uh, for people to run for office. And I'll get into that. So I'll just kind of give you a kind of a synopsis, just kind of a brief story. Uh, yeah. uh, the reason the reason this lawsuit came forward, we, we have two of them are identical. One we started in state court, one in federal court first. And the first one, I'm the plaintiff. The second one, my brother Rollins, a plaintiff. And the purpose for two was in different courts with different judges. We thought one of them would have a better chance of getting there before the other. And so it's like two shots at this instead of just one. Right. And so the legal the, the purpose, the reason we sued, I think people need to understand that this is not about the, the, the outcome of the election. This is not about Democrat or Republican. It's about there are 380 some odd members of Congress that breached their oath, their oath to protect, preserve, defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And one of the most vulnerable places that enemies can attack us is through our our elections, right? So when 100 members of Congress uh, produced evidences, piles of evidence, which we have as affidavits in our complaints, that there needed to be at least a 10-day investigation. There were So you have 100 witnesses, members of Congress, credible witnesses, and a ton of evidence 
trying to convince the others that we need to pause for a 10-day investigation. When you have members of Congress standing up waving the Constitution, using the Constitution as an excuse to not investigate crimes, evidence of crimes, it's just obscene. It's actually no less than obscene. So my brother, the legal mind behind this, the procedural legal guy who's actually litigated, representing himself because he's not a lawyer, but he's litigated in state and federal courts. And also he has two petitions that he's had successfully docketed and gone to conference before. So, so, uh, so here he has all this experience and he's watching this congressional hearing and just gets, just gets so frustrated and, and, and angry that they're not at least launching a 10 day investigation. And think about it, all the accusations going back and forth on both sides of, of, you know, election deniers, they call each other, right? Well, an investigation would have really helped fix that, you know, fix that problem. And so he thought to himself, gosh, no one's doing anything I know of. And and I have this legal experience. I would really just thought I'd really like to do something. And for, and so he, he, he called me on the phone, asked me if, if, if I would consider being the plaintiff and he would do all the other stuff so we could kind of delegate responsibilities, not get caught up and we'd work as a team. And later my brother Rollin came up with this great idea to launch the second one. So mine was launched uh, and uh, we, we got stopped by the federal court. They actually wouldn't let me file. I filed and, uh, and then they called it back. They actually ordered the U S marshal service to serve uh, 388 defendants uh, on Capitol Hill, m- my summons and complaint. And so uh, the U.S. Marshal Service, because because you could not hire a, a, a process server, no one else was allowed in through the barriers but the U.S. Marshals. So the Federal Court of Utah ordered the U.S. Marshal Service to begin serving summons and complaints at mine. And that was, uh, I think that was March 31st of 2021. And on April 1st, they canceled him out. And I'm thinking, and then they, and then the, the judge made a statement that my complaint was deficient and that it was a mistake. I was like, well, that's not good. You can't do that. That's the judges can't do that. They can't stop you from suing someone. You know, it's ridiculous. And so, and so, uh, so we actually took action against the the federal court and the 10th circuit. We went to the 10th circuit with a complaint. I think it was called a writ of mandamus petition for writ of mandamus and they didn't help. So we took both, both courts, me as the plaintiff. So the defendants represented by the U S attorneys were the United States uh, District Court of Utah, the Federal Court of Utah, and the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. So they became two defendants in a state court action, which really? I don't think has ever been done before. So here, here we here we are suing two federal courts, a circuit court and a federal court of Utah Gee. in state court. And so I wonder what the judge thought when he saw that. Probably, you know, it's like anyway. So we battled that for a while. That's an interesting story. Just take too long to talk about. But the end result really was quite good, where the federal court unblocked my case and filed my case and ordered the clerk of the court to issue the summonses. So mine went forward, and the U.S. attorneys filed filed a motion to dismiss. We filed an opposition. They filed a reply. You know, all that stuff. Notice to decide. And so that's still stuck in federal court. So meanwhile. That second lawsuit is working its way from the state court to the federal court to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals. So it's like, hey, I'm so this the second one. It's a good thing we did this because it's now at the U.S. Supreme Court, right? And so I think an important element that people like to hear is that when it got to the Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals, the Tenth Circuit didn't do anything. Now the Tenth Circuit, I believe, has three judges. Three judges decide, and so they sat on it. They sat on it for like three or four months, and finally we just got together and says, hey, Darren. You're the legal guy here. What can we do? And he, he kept saying, there's nothing we can do. We cannot go to the U.S. Supreme Court until 
the lower courts are completely sat we are sat you know are satisfied with us you know going to all the lower courts so we just kept pushing him for days and finally he just kind of got busy studying and he called me on the phone he was all excited he says he says guess what i found that the supreme court has a special rule if it's a national emergency, we can file this petition without a decision from the Tenth Circuit Court. Gee, wow. And if we can convince the clerk, the, if we can convince the, the, the court that this is a national emergency, they will accept it. If they don't, they'll just spit it back and say, you got to get a decision from the Tenth Circuit. So, okay, let's go to town, format it. So he knew how to format it. We had to have it specially printed. It's a very special format. There's even a certified word count for these documents. And so we also they requested it come perfect bound. So we had to take it. There aren't very many places a perfect do perfect bound. So we had a perfect bound, and we sent it off uh, express mail, and uh, and just with a prayer, just hoping something happens. It's like so a miracle happens. Five days later, we get a call from this United States Supreme Court. Right, a clerk's Gee. office case analyst. Now let me explain. The clerk of the court is not a clerk of one of the justices. This, the clerk of the court for 11 years, Scott Sessions Harris, was the attorney for the Supreme Court. Judges can get in trouble if they do something that's uh, that's not a judicial uh, a judicial act. If it's administrative, or uh, then they can get in trouble and they can be sued. <clears throat> so, so anyway, so he's the he's the he's the attorney for the whole court, and he's the gatekeeper, right? So his office. So a case analyst calls from his office and uh, tells us that they have accepted this case without the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals decision, which means they're accepting it as a national emergency. And Tell so me. they say, but we want you to add some stuff to it. And so what they wanted us to add, we didn't understand, but we understand now, we didn't understand then that it would streamline the case. They had us add some stuff that is not necessary, but they wanted us to do it. So we added the motion to dismiss presented by the U.S. attorneys and also the opposition to the motion to dismiss. And so we... we we get that all prepared and going. And they also, when they asked us to do that, the, the case analyst says, and we'd like to get this as soon as you can. Okay. Please get this to assume. My now, isn't that, I, that sounds like they're pulling the case to them. And, and I, that's, I'm very happy about that, but they're greasing yeah. the wheels a little bit, right? Well, they've done two things here. They they've allowed us to characterize it and they have characterized it as a national emergency. And then, well, it makes sense. Doesn't it? If it's national emergency, it's not going to, they're not going to say, well, you know, take your time, blah, blah, blah. No, they say, get it to us as soon as you can. And they emphasize that. And so we get it prepared and we get it printed and we're about to have it bound, perfect bound. And we get a notice from the 10th Circuit Court of Appeals that they've made a decision. And so we're thinking, oh, those guys, they heard about this because it was, you know, someone let them know that this was happening. And so they make a decision so that it doesn't go on down as on record as them not making a decision and had to be turned over to the Supreme Court without a decision from them. So hmm. they make a decision and uh, they make a decision supporting the the decision that it be dismissed, which was perfect because if they didn't do that, we'd have to go back to the lower court and fight it out forever, right? So we're glad they did that. But then, so we thought, well, we better call the, the clerk and see what they want us to do. And this is so amazing. The analyst picks up the phone. I mean, there's no intermediate or there's no assistant or someone. When we call, she picks up the phone. And so we explained to her that the Tenth Circuit had made a decision and wondering if we should just can we just get it to them anyway, because now we're going to have to reformat it and then we're print it, and then we're going to have to perfect have a perfect bound. And so she told us, well, now that they've made a decision, we don't need that. So just take that part out and 
be sure to put what we asked you to put in. And then she said, again, how soon can we get this? And so my brother says, well, we we're, it looks like about two weeks. And she says, can you do it a little faster than that? We'd like to get it sooner than that. I mean, that'll work in two weeks, but we'd like to get it sooner than that. And my brother says, well, we'll do the best we can. So he, we get together and we reformat it and we get it bound. And I think the printers and the binders will kind of know what we're doing. And so they, I think they put it on the fast track. So we had it all ready to, to mail off a week early. So after, after, uh, when we got to the point where it was only a you know a week early, we had it. Uh, we had it. We mailed it on a Thursday. They got it on a Friday, and they docketed it on Monday. Jeez. And they backdated it. They backdated it. Uh, and I think that's common. They'll 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 dock show that the filing date was the day you mailed it. So so we have. Uh, so if you go to the Supreme Court website, you'll look at the stamps. You'll see that it says received on the twenty fourth, filed on the twentieth. Reflecting that they do it on the day that it was mailed, and uh, and they docketed it on the twenty fourth. Yeah, so so uh, so then then they notify the U.S. attorneys. Now I need to back up a little bit because uh, what they did is they also sent us some documents. One of which was a uh, a waiver that the U.S. attorneys could file. So the U.S. attorneys were given a deadline of the twenty third of November, which is about a month to file an opposition. They only have one opportunity here, one legal, only one Supreme Court legal opportunity to fight this before it goes into conference. So if they want to get this tossed or they don't want it to go to conference, they had better file this opposition. I mean, no, they better, <laughs> they better, yeah, they better file the opposition. And so we're just, so we're just counting the days. And so the days go by and nothing happens. Finally, the 23rd of November rolls around, which is their deadline and nothing has happened. I mean, there's still there's nothing. There's still nothing on the docket. So about one o'clock, I think it was in the afternoon on the 23rd, which is later in Washington, DC, right? It's like all of a sudden we see that there's something on the docket. And what it is, is the U S attorneys are no longer representing the 380 defendants. So who's representing the defendants? Gee. It's the United States Solicitor General. She comes on board, and not only is she making a making an appearance, I guess it's called notice of appearance, now the new counsel representing the defendants, but she files the waiver. She signs and files the waiver. She doesn't ask for an extension. She doesn't file an opposition. She files a waiver, waiving their right to oppose this before it goes My to Congress. Okay? My goodness. So we're, so we're pretty excited. And so three or four days later, we noticed that the docket is reflecting a conference date of January 6th. Now, this is pretty interesting because the conferences are usually on Fridays, okay? And uh, it doesn't have to be on a Friday, I don't think, but it's usually on Fridays. And this 2023 6th happens to be on a Friday. What are the chances of that? Crazy. And so, and then they, and then they, and then they date it. They they schedule it for January sixth, twenty twenty three. So we're just excited it, again. It's like is one it your, miracle is after another. I'm going to send this to one in a minute because I know he has to go, and then we'll keep asking more questions. Is it your sense that they they're they're saying something by dating it for the sixth? <laughs> is it your opinion that they're making a statement? Something's happening. <laughs> He's not okay. I think so. Well, one, I know you're going to have to leave. We, um, I'm going to just turn it over to you. You know what your time factor is. Well, let me just say this, guys. I mentioned it on the show the other day, and I think it's a really fun, interesting point. We, in this audience, this community, 
I think we're more sensitive. Is there hidden messages, hand of God movements? You know, in yeah, Esther, <laughs> in the book of Esther, God is never directly referenced in the whole book of Esther. And yet the rabbis, the scholars, they'll tell you today that actually God's name is hidden in the beginning word of every single chapter in that book of Esther, every, really? every paragraph in there. And so he's hidden all through it in various ways. And they have on the numbers and on the uh, first letter and things like that. He's all through the book of Esther, and yet you never see God directly referenced. In wow. this situation here, I tell you, you know, for centuries, the trump card has been the card that can end the game. We've, we've seen all sorts of references to the house of cards uh, and, and all the games going on in, in our, our government. And so here's this case where, and I've used the, the Megador, the uh, Matador. In, in card games, the trump card is also called the Matador because it kills the game. So when you have a, uh, uh, all these references in there, and then I had a show the other day I did, because I do a variety of audiences in order to reach a very diverse uh, population here in the country. And so the other day I agreed to do a show, and there was a, a, a gal that's actually a very personable person, but she likes to read all the tarot cards. Hmm. And I wanted to make sure that in the midst of that, people realize the devil does his messaging and he's got all of his communications and he's got all of his agents. But I referenced a James Bond movie, Live and Let Die, where there's a card reader in the background and James Bond comes in to, you know, infiltrate and find out what's going on. And he has a stack of cards and he, she comes in and is all upset because it's her tarot cards. And so he hands and says, oh, pick a card, pick a card. What are you afraid to pick a, pick a card? So she picks one. It's the lover's card. And they take off. The whole point is, as he's walking out the door, he dumps the deck. And he'd stack the deck with all lover's cards. Okay. <laughs> in this situation here, and I'm very serious. I want this audience to think about this. What do you suppose the odds are? that these four brothers are trumpeteers. Hmm. Yeah. And in this game of cards here in America, where the enemy's been stacking the deck and twisting things and getting his agents in the right places, we have a captured electorate, a captured economy. So many places, the enemy has got his agents in control positions. And God, God himself... I believe has sifted in four wild cards, the trumpeteers, yeah, the, any that's car good. in the deck. Okay. Totally He's good. stacked the deck. And what do the wild cards want to be? They can be any card in the game that you decide they want to be, but they all want to be the Trump card. God, I believe right here. And this is why I mentioned uh, Michelle Maggio with her vision that she had right after January 6th of two-thirds of Congress gone out of their seats. I think it was prophetic, and it was something directly from, from God himself. Thanks for listening. 
The Elijah Streams podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, go to ElijahStreams.com slash give. And what we're about to see, I really do think this is a possibility. I, I think that, you know, we see in the eyes of faith that this, this moment is God playing a straight suit, all the same card, because they're wild cards, no higher cards left in the entire deck, all five of them. And these four brothers play their card, and uh, President Trump comes in and delivers the death blow to this whole house of cards, um, uh, Game of Thrones, deep state operation, takes out the bail deep state bull you know bale is always depicted as a bull and i've i've used the matador megador theme so i just i wanted to just share that and remind people that i think there's a hidden hand of god thing here but even with for example gideon's army when god called away all the other soldiers and only left a very tiny number Mm. so that they uh, people couldn't say that um uh, this God's people weren't involved. He wouldn't do the battle without them, yeah. but he didn't need anybody except, except exactly the ones he called. How many people have been trying to get to justice in the legal system on the election issues and the election fraud and everything else? And yet they haven't quite prevailed. And then God himself doesn't want there to be any question that it's him who has made this happen. He gave the earth to Adam and his seed. So when people say, why is God allowed this? Why is God allowed that? Why is God allowed something else? Wait a second. It's our planet. He gave it to us. The second Adam restored our birthright. It's up to us to take control of the planet in within God's will, within our inheritance, within our legal authorities. And so now in a way that no man can claim credit for, God himself has his special army, his warriors, who are going to come in, and I believe prevail in this situation. And all we need, everyone, just like in Gideon's army, there was a particular way that those that were chosen for battle presented themselves. Go read the story. And then realize you too want to be counted And the way we've decided to do that, one letter to the Supreme Court of the United States asking them to take this case in and then uh, adjudicate it correctly and and appropriately by removing those people who didn't protect the Constitution, which is the contract between the American people and this government, to remove them because they have not lived up to their oaths. And then uh, a second letter to the brothers, so we have a way of keeping count, so we know how many letters went to the Supreme Court, but also in that second letter, put a dollar in there. Be counted. Participate. And receive with that participation the enjoyment of being part of God's victory and blessing to the brothers because they led the winner two million dollars. Emily, go ahead and put up that letter because I know I'm I'm checking Juan's time, make sure we're this is the letter we're wanting everyone to write to the Supreme Court. We kept it super, super simple. Uh, um, I don't yeah. know if later we can put up the link in case people want to print it. I didn't think about that, but it's uh, number three eighty. There, there it is. There it is. Elijahstreams.com 
slash court. If you go there, you can download the letters and there's instructions there. We're showing it to you right now on the air. The number, the number's wrong. It's got to be 22-380. Okay, 380. Uh, so Emily, we'll, yeah. we'll get that fixed and Michael and Emily will fix that. Thank you. Thank you, Lori. Sorry about that. Sorry and, Juan, about that. and what Juan is asking is everybody put an actual dollar bill in that letter. Kind of you're part of a prophetic act of showing you're doing this as well. Is that, that's right, Juan. Are we understanding? I know you're walking now. You know, may not be able to answer, but I think that's what he's saying. Yeah, he, we, and we've got that in the instructions. When you no, download right. that, we, we need you to do these two things. Write to the judges and the, the letter that we're editing to fix that error. I'm glad you caught that. Wow, 380. And yeah. this is, you can download it at the link that she's going to pop up there again. Uh, you can copy this or download it on the link. And then write the second letter to the Brenson brothers uh, or you put a copy of this in, sorry. You just keep the same letter twice. One to the Supreme, put a copy to Loy. And, and they're asking, uh, this is not Loy's idea. This was one's to to really help uh, pay. There has been a couple million dollars spent on this. Uh, put a dollar in there to at least thank Loy and, the, and his brothers uh, for doing this. And it will help defray some of that cost. But get those letters out. Um, I sent a letter um Earlier this week, my wife and I did, but I'll probably send another one just to make sure that envelope shows up. So now that I have this further instructions. So um, does that sound about right as far as the letter, Loy? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, it's we haven't spent two million dollars. Oh, you know, we've been told by attorneys that that's what it would have cost. Oh, I see. Okay. Attorneys to do it. OK, so good. Thanks. It yeah, that's that much. Okay, a lot of Thanks for Leading to this point, we've lost we've lost money, we've lost <laughs> assets, stuff. But anyway, so yeah, the dollar is great. Awesome. Now let me ask you one question, then it's then I'm going to give this to Johnny. When this court case was filed, you said it wasn't about the election. So am no. I? I might be oversimplifying this, but they refused to give. There was like a hundred witnesses that refused to give a ten day. That was that was by law. They were supposed to investigate for ten days these elections. They refused. Is that why this court case got filed? Because they refused. Absolutely. If they hadn't refused that, we wouldn't have filed a complaint. Okay. And, uh, yeah. All right, Johnny. All right. Well, thank you, Lord. That's amazing. And Juan, thank you for uh, your your uh, spiritual yeah uh, uh, picture there for us. And and I do think even as a it is partially a prophetic act as well, just to put something in, whether it's a dollar or something saying yeah. I'm in on this, you know, I can't, uh, I can't do what they can, what they can do. And this is really an amazing time for us and for the uh, United States, for the nations, really we're learning uh, all kinds of things, rule of law, you know, procedures, jurisdictions, constitution, and, and, you know, America's find out we've lived off, um, you know, Twitter, Facebook, and social media cues rather than what's actually the rule of law and all that. And so really appreciate what you're doing, Aloy. Also, since Juan's still listening before he gets off, that 1-6 number as well, January 6th, it is amazing. It does seem to be providential from the Lord. It could be intentional from whoever else is involved in this process as well, the January 6th thing. But I see the hand of the Lord, and, and I hadn't thought of it before, but I was led to look at Psalms 1-6, because that's also there. And it says, for the Lord knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. Now, what's interesting about that 
it's in re- reference to verse five. Now, once you know, it says God knows the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. The verse before it says, therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment. They will fail. In other words, in court, mm. the the ungodly will fail in court. If you want to get what that actually means, second part of it, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. Now, nor sinners in the that word congregation the word used there, if you had to translate a word for Congress, it would be the exact same Hebrew word for it. Nor sinners in the Congress of the righteous. So the sinners in Congress will not stand. And this goes with the one six number uh, as as well. So I think, yeah, oh. the Lord might be orchestrating and, and working working on things there uh, that, that are pretty cool. So I, a question I had, you might have probably had the same question, uh, Steve, as you're moving moving forward well we kind of have it answered a little bit is you know is there another way any other way obviously there's a reason for being on programs such as this is to inform us of what's taking place is that enough that another chunk of the american people be informed on what you're doing is there any other practical way obviously we we know for sure doing these uh sending these letters to the supreme court is there anything else that you can uh, suggest for us any other way that we could be uh, an assistance to to what you're doing. We now. I'll oh, just sure. Say, go ahead. Yeah, you, you can go to sevendiscoveries.com and we have updates there on the cases and shows all the cases. We have a timeline and we also have exact copies, perfect bound that the justices will receive with their stamps. We downloaded the cover for it so you can see the court stamps on the, on that. And for a $30 gift, you can receive one of those perfect bound in the mail. And uh, and even we even have something posted. Someone suggested this. And we even have, if you want all three signatures, we all live in different areas. It's kind of kind of a travel to get to each other. But I do have some all signed. And, and there's a post there. If someone wants to make a super huge, wow, wild donation of $1,000, then they could receive a, a perfect bound with our signatures and dates next to our wow. signatures, the three brothers. Nice. And we have, I think we have about 30 of those that we can, and people are starting to order those. So that's super helpful. Wow. It's exciting to see that. And the well, way I they do that is the way they do, they can call, there's a number on the, on the website, I think, or they can, uh, they can, or we'll see it reflected in the, in the order. Cause you can put the, in the amount for ordering anything. And if we see a thousand, dollars then they'll we'll, we'll make a oh, note that's good. That's and we did put that up there seven discoveries.com it's on the screen folks so go there i had downloaded that and sent some money in too the other last week so or early i've lost track last week i guess it was um uh, but yeah there's a there's a full huge pdf you can download it or then ask for the perfect perfect bound in case anyone doesn't know that just means like a regular book back it's got yeah. a back back yeah it's exactly the format they require now what you download you can't download the the petition but you can download the complaint okay that the that's what it is based on yeah but if you want to they want if you want the petition hardbound then that's the way to do it now we have a phone number there 801 is 735-5777 is that your yeah that's a number you can call to order the the signatured uh edition i guess you could call it yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's a good that's a good term for it. Actually, also, I have a question for you. Um, Trump and teams and all kinds of people filed all kinds of lawsuits with the Supreme Court, with this court and that court, and they kept getting this same answer back: "You have no standing. You have no standing. 
You have no standing. Why do you have any more standing than anybody else? Trump couldn't get it. Some of those things heard, I believe. What what happened? What, well, there, there are a couple of reasons. As a matter of fact, the magistrate judge in my case actually coached us on that. And she says, you need to work it over. So we did. And, uh, and so also, this is not about the outcome. This is not voter fraud. We're not claiming voter fraud. Right. We're not claiming. We're claiming that they didn't investigate when there they were witnesses warranted it. And that's a slam dunk. And so that's the difference. And then also the temperature of the court is a lot different now than it was then. Those yeah. Trump-related cases have the support of uh, conservative justices, Alito, Thomas, and Roberts, right? But, uh, but the, you know, the Trump-appointed justices must have felt just like they couldn't do it because they were appointed by Trump. And that's Kavanaugh, Gorsuch, and Barrett, right? So they didn't. But now that they've been attacked, and look what they did with Roe versus Wade, we believe it's just perfect timing. And since this is not a political thing or about who won and who didn't, uh, we believe it could easily be a nine to zero because all of the justices have taken two oaths to the Constitution, a judicial oath, which includes the Constitution, then also a strictly constitutional oath similar to the congressional oath to the Constitution, which includes protection against enemies, foreign and domestic. And so the justices have taken that. So they could be able to, they could, they if with a nine to zero vote, they could wow. say, look, this is not partisan. This is about upholding the Constitution and the oath of office. So we had to go nine to zero on this. And this removes both sides. This removes Republicans and Democrats and yeah. replaces them with new new people from both both parties that will represent us in a better and safer way. It was a security breach, and we can't afford to have people that have committed such a huge security breach, regardless of what their motive was. We just can't have them do that anymore. So, so we brilliant. need new ones that can that can protect us better. And then those that, that were participated in a security breach need to be barred from holding office ever again within the United yes. States. And that's part of the petition. So it, Let me ask one quick, more question, and then I'll throw it back to you, Johnny. The, um, you said there were 100 witnesses uh, to this that should have uh, taken 10 days to investigate, and they refused. So who was the head leader of these 100 witnesses? Who should have taken well, leadership? That was Ted Cruz. They did the right thing. The 100 did the right thing. They voted for an investigation. Ted Cruz, Josh Hawley, and about 98 others. Okay. So and there might have been some some that withstood. With, they didn't vote at all. So they're not defendants. Okay. So it was everyone that participated and uh, were advantaged by that non, for that no vote to investigate. So that would be Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and and uh, the 385, 84 others, and then Mike Pence, because he blocked the investigation as well. So he, when, he, when, when Senator stood up and waved the Constitution saying, I have a constitutional duty, I've got to do this. It's like, no, not when there's evidence of fraud. They've forgotten that fraud vitiates everything. When there's fraud, yeah. you, may not be, you may not be certifying an elector vote. You don't know That's if it's good. a real elector vote or not until you investigate the fraud. So they really blew it. They they put us all at risk. They breached our national security, and they need to be removed. And and we can't afford to have people that are so so uh, lackadaisical or, or so incompetent. I don't know what the word is. Yeah. We can't have people defending our constitution like that. We need strong people that are not going to allow a security breach like that. So it's a it's about a it's about a national security breach. That's the premise of this. Okay, Johnny. Right. Well, yeah, I think I'll, I'll just say uh, the incompetence, I think, is based on uh, blackmail and other things. But um, 
what I was what I was going to say is, um, you know, that I love it. What Juan was saying as well, how the Lord is telling a story here. And there's something about, yeah, brothers who play trumpets and, of course, the, the, the trumpet connection and, and the scripture that was coming to mind was Psalms 47, 5. God hath gone up. Uh, God has gone up. That's hath gone up. If you look at the original King James, God has gone up with the sound of the trump. And then we, there is, of course, of course, the references to God doing great things through the trumpet sound. We know the final call. Uh, the dead in Christ will arise at the sound of the trump. We know that Gideon and his 300, the main thing they needed to know how to do was blow trumpets. They didn't need to have uh, many other things. So the trump sound won there. And then Jericho was taken down essentially uh, by no weapons, but just trumpets blowing. So I love the story uh, being told. And we're going to uh, believe with you for an amazing oh. outcome for the nations of the world, because this really yeah. is a criminal cabal that is uh, yeah. it, its rule and reign needs to end. And, and if we're talking about the end of it here, it resonates and reverberates through every nation on planet Earth. And I know, uh, Steve, just uh, not to drag it on anymore, but I know even though Lloyd's, you know, he's looking all cool and fine, the assault upon yeah. We'll call it spiritual warfare, whatever else it comes. There has been intense firepower yeah. directed against him and his brothers. We know in every conceivable way through witchcraft, through spiritism, through uh, direct assaults, through uh, threats and whatever else. And so for those that are listening with us, the Elijah list, uh, the Elijah stream crowd, if you'll, uh, you know, make it part of your prayer point to keep Loy. We'll just, uh, you know, just declare this right now over him. Lord, your shield yeah. over Loy, yeah. his, his brothers, your covering over yes, them. Lord. We don't really care. We haven't asked him about his precise opinions on spiritual biblical matters. We recognize a fellow uh, yeah. partner in contending for yeah. foundations of freedom, liberty, integrity. And we ask for your protection covering over him over his family, over his brothers, in every way, in any way that the enemy has stolen from him, may it be paid back to him, Lord, in Jesus' yeah, name. Very good. Then, well, let me just ask one other question um, as uh, as my final question. You, if, you said it already, but you said it really quick, and so I want to make sure I'm going to cover what you've already said, but you were kind of, we were, we were motoring along to get to everything. If the, if, when the, the court meets, if they decide with a, a majority opinion, or even nine to zero opinion that uh, you that you prevail, and the and the defendants do not prevail. What exactly happens? What do you see happening with those three hundred and some defendants, which included Mike Pence? I'm going to throw that in in case some people. Well, because of the national emergency level that this case has been characterized as from the court itself, uh, they can. They can actually completely adjudicate, judge, execute the whole complaint, and I think that was one of the reasons they wanted part of the you know the motion to dismiss in this document, and they actually uh, uh, gave this Tenth Circuit Court of Appeals a different case number for a, a case number for the whole the same thing. It's twenty two dash four double o seven that you can also just it'll go to the same place. So I, I think uh, I have a vision of how it could be a smooth transition. Yeah. And I was I was kind of tongue in cheek about job openings, but I think there would be a tremendous outpouring of support to replace these people from their competitors and from people that would never wanted to 
take run for office before because they felt like there was so much corruption. Okay, so I I can I, I see I, I could see a, a court order. It could be a, the the Supreme Court could order the Circuit Court to to order the U.S. Marshal Service to deliver a a, a judgment, a decision, or an order uh, with a list of names to that they would deliver be delivered to the Sergeant in Arms to cancel the following credentials of three hundred eighty. Who knows? Maybe it could be the eighty-seven. You know, even President, you know, Biden and Kamala Harris. Help Elijah Streams continue to reach people around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Streams and the Elijah Streams podcast possible. Visit elijahstreams.com/give and become a partner today. Where their credentials are canceled, wow. the states notified that they need to replace these individuals. And if the if the if the current Congress, the current members that are still intact, want to have another recess until that's all solidified and so that they have a full, you know, fully seated House and Senate, then they could do that. And they could also, I know that the, the, with a new with a new president, whether it be the former president or whether it be the speaker, the current House speaker, majority leader, uh, they could also, with an executive order, send special teams to the Federal Communications Division. There are three appointed directors of the FCC and they need to be kind of questioned and maybe set aside for a little while. And there could be special broadcast teams. We have military broadcast teams and they could easily go into the major broadcast houses and wow. temporarily temporarily uh, replace uh, individuals until they get this sorted out. And uh, so we could actually even maybe see after a long commercial break, maybe an extra long one, new faces there reporting what had happened. So people would understand what happened. So they wouldn't have to be, you know, freaked out. That yeah. there's that members are being replaced. The states are replacing those members, and we're and then start uh, start broadcasting the news in real time, the news, the truth, so people could verify what they're seeing with their own eyes or experiences. Wow! And uh, so I think this could actually be quite a smooth transition, and uh, it wouldn't have to be kind of a revolution kind of a thing. It could just be a smooth transition, and then uh, immunity would then be stripped, and so this would open up. Remember Amy Coney Barrett? She was asked by one of the senators to just share her knowledge of the Constitution and in, in telling everyone what the five protections were in the First Amendment. And she, what she, she said, uh, religion, assembly, press, uh, speech, and uh, and then she couldn't remember the fifth one. And uh, the fifth one is what we're doing: petition for redress of grievances. Wow! People have never been able to do that, but now they will be able to do that. What it is is you can now sue. You could go to a law firm where before they would say you can't sue a, a member of Congress. You have to go to a special claims court. You have to get permission from the sergeant in arms. You have to get a waiver. You can't even, you know. Now it would be a completely different situation, and we would have representatives, new representatives that are the kinds of people that are willing to lay down their lives for this country, but refuse to get into the political mess because it's so corrupt. Those are the kind of representatives that would move forward, I think, into these seats. And they're the kind of people that, like I said, are willing to lay down their life. So would they be afraid of a binding oath? No, they wouldn't. It would be, it'd be an honor and privilege for them. And it would, it would just bring everyone back into Gee. a political scene that should have happened a long time ago. Wow. Wow, Lloyd. Let me ask him one question here. Sure. I saw him. He was about to respond to a comment where I had made about oh. – of being under spiritual intensity and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if you'll remember what you were about to say there, Lloyd, but I want to, well, I, yes, want to, I, wanted to I wanted to tell you, we feel it. Mm. We feel okay. the prayers. We feel the protection. We feel a peace. That, we feel a sense of peace and we feel love. 
Awesome. So keep it coming. Keep it coming. Thank you. Okay, awesome. so it's it's working. Thank you, Lord, for yeah. that protection, yeah. that shield, well, that covering. Yes, well, and we say to the military people, thank you for your service. This is one of those, man, Lloyd. Thank you for your service to your brother. And all, is it are, are three brothers involved or just you and the two? There are four two. brothers, but the fourth brother is uh, runs a, a recording studio. And uh, he's had us on talking. And he is such a huge supporter in Bork. And he articulate what's happening. Really? He's amazing. So and he's the music side of this whole thing. He's the director of our music. And he says, you guys better get practicing. We're going to have to play. So he says <laughs> his chops are better than they ever been in his life. He says he's practicing. Yeah, if people want to know. People, want, I looked it up. If you all want to look up uh, the Brunson Brothers Trumpeters, that would come up on YouTube. I found some stuff. Yeah, to well, listen what you to. do is do a, a, a Google search like Brunson Brothers History YouTube. And that's the one you want to watch. I think it's a picture of Regis Philbin. That's the one you want to watch. It's excerpts from some of the fun shows we did. Oh, that's great. That's and I think great. they were on Johnny Carson years ago. Is one of the things. Yeah. That yeah, we did Christmas in Washington with President Reagan. So we got to be in a in a little Crazy. together with him and meet him and his wife. And, and Barbara Mandrell introduced us. It was an NBC special. So What yeah. year were you, uh, did you become known uh, for what year was it when you first began to be recognized? Uh, well, in 1984, we did the, it was according to Billboard magazine, it was the world's uh, largest grossing, money grossing tour in the world. And it was, uh, we, did really? 150, we did 150 Liberace shows. Liberace would come out and introduce us as four brothers from Provo, Utah, home of the Osmonds. You're going to love these guys. And then it was really funny because after we, he would come out first and then to take a break to change into something more spectacular and all the negative stuff. We didn't weren't even aware of all the negative stuff. It was like he had sued newspapers for being negative about him. Right. Yeah. So then he says, you're going to love these guys. They're going to, they're going to entertain you while I'm, I'm changing into something a little more spectacular. Right? <laughs> That's all he had. So, yeah. So we'd come out, we'd come out and we'd, we'd, you know, kind of goof off between each other's brothers do a little bit and play some songs. And then after, after we played, uh, intermission, he would come out in intermission. He says, I've got to tell you, the Brunson brothers, they're so excited about their new album that they recorded at A&M Recording Studios. And they're so excited about it that they asked me backstage if it would be okay to give each and every one of you a free copy. <laughs> and he, says, he says, but I explained to the boys that you would appreciate them even more if you bought them. <laughs> oh, there we go. So, now, so it was we, that's funny. We were outselling him during the intermission, so they had to raise the price. And a Texas AMM is that the one that produced the Carpenters? Is that where you were you? Recording and, right yeah, Anna Marcus, Herb Albert Studio, right? And yeah, Herb, people, Herb Albert. You know, we were at the Greek Theater, and Bob Ezrin, the producer of, of Kiss, I think he's the producer of Kiss and others. He came up to me backstage. Says, "You guys are so great, man! The, the congratulations on the record deal." And I said, "What record deal?" He says, "Well, Liberace just announced that you recorded your first record." <laughs> he said, "No, we rented the studio. We didn't get signed. We never got signed." Oh, that's funny. And he that's said, oh, funny. My gosh, you wouldn't. You just. He's just telling everyone, every record producer, every A and R guy that's heard that thinks you're signed. He says, "He's got to get signed." It's like, oh no. So, That's just so, one, of one of the many tragic uh, stories of the Brunson brothers. No, so no, just to me, did you, you did you eventually get signed by AM? No, or was we, it just, never did. we got on over 60 national television shows with reruns and we were never signed. So oh, we didn't wow. make any money for our music. Yeah. 
Well, you know, it was Herb Albert, the Tijuana Brass. Maybe he didn't want competition, you know. Well, I didn't know. He heard us play. We were invited at a party that he he and Jerry Moss were at, and he knew about us. He actually even complimented us because he said he could hear our trumpets. Maybe he was upset because he could hear our trumpets through his reverberation system in his, in his studio. <laughs> there several studios at A&M. And so, I don't know. Someone needs to call him and say, hey, help these guys out. Give him a record deal. He can still do it. <laughs> We can still, if you're out there, come on. We want a record deal, please. That's awesome. Well, I can't help noticing these weird things like Liberace's name. You can get the name, what the name means. Liberate, freedom, freedom, and, freedom and jubilee is what you got originally known for, freedom and jubilee. And that's yeah. what you're working towards right now. So I love that. Right. That's and you good. know, 22-380 equals 15 if you add up the numbers, and 22-4007 also equal 15. Oh. I don't know what that means, but they both add up to the same sum. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I 15. love numbers. We Pentecost, do love freedom. Yes. Yeah. 15 is Jubilee, Pentecost, freedom, all that kind of stuff. So really good stuff. Yeah. Really good stuff. And I'm glad you caught that error on it because that would have been a real unfortunate thing to get that. Yeah. Well, Roy. Thank you so much. Uh, give our gratitude to your brothers as well. I appreciate it. You got it quite a. Is it true? Uh, did uh, let's see. One was telling me your dad was so smart. He wanted you guys to be trumpeters, so he paid you to practice. Is that a true story? Well, he did bribe us. Uh, when we learned a song, we would get paid. But the beginning, he he. When my mom bought the trumpets, he was upset because they were used ones. So he took them back to the store, and the owner of the store, Mr. Summerhays in Salt Lake. Said he felt bad, so we brought out four brand new silver lightweight Strata box Stradivarius trumpets and Jeez. says, "You take these home." My dad says, "I can't pay for these." Says, "You just pay me as you can." I know your boys; they'll be playing up and down the, the you know, the country. So then my dad decided to wash it, uh, wash it out of us, you know. So he took us to a university and says, "You're going to take lessons with a coach six hours a day for two weeks, and then you'll never want to see a trumpet again." And I can be done with this madness. Well, it obviously backfired on him. Yeah, wow. <laughs> Great so story. Smoking behind the barn, man. We're going to wash it out of your trumpet coaching. Yeah. I think he had a tough time. We were, we were having a blast. So anyway. Wow. Awesome. That's amazing. Well, Lloyd, thank you very much. Johnny, thank you so much, too, for, yes. for doing thank this. You, it was a great yeah, panel today. Great All right, everybody. Uh, Mel Kay will be our guest tomorrow. Very, very popular. She's got to do some more waking up. Wakey, wakey. So, all right. God bless you, everyone. Have a great day. Thank you again, Loy. God bless you. you. And we yes. will see you all again later. Okay. You too. Bye -bye. Thanks, everyone. Bye -bye. Thank you. God bless. Bye-bye. This has been Elijah Streams. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can listen to the Elijah Streams podcast at ElijahStreams.com on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Join us live every weekday at 11 a.m. Pacific time at ElijahStreams.com on Rumble and Facebook. Elijah Streams is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahStreams.com slash give to become a partner today.